Father in heaven, we want to invite ourselves into your presence, and as we have sung already, Lord, that you're present always with us. It is up to us to realize your presence, to, to, in, to, to seek it, and to, to sense it, Lord, and we pray that this morning your, your spirit will be present with us, Lord, as it already was this morning in, in Bible class, Lord, that we could look into your word in, 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 your, in the Old Testament, Lord, where you have given us examples of your awesome power and your sovereignty over all things in this life, Lord. And so we, we are encouraged to know that you control all things in our lives and you will, will reveal to us your, your love and your mercy and your grace, Lord, that you have shown to us through Jesus Christ. And so we, we pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning and for, for the help of the one that's in, in front here and, and supposed to speak, Lord, for, for the voice that so easily uh, uh, goes out every, every so often during the day. And, and we pray that you would be present, Lord, not only here, but for all those, Lord, that are on, on their way right now to Eastern Camp, we pray for your watchful hand over them, that they all would be arriving safely in camp, Lord, and that you would protect uh, those in camp, Lord, the whole week from, from illness, Lord, as uh, we again would be worried about the COVID that would easily spread, Lord, that you, you can protect us, Lord, from these things so that your name will be glorified in camp and many more would be coming to the knowledge of the truth, Lord, while they are there and will be, and those that, that have already walked in faith, Lord, that will be encouraged to, to, to move forward into the, the weeks to come or the days to come, Lord, with, with a renewed fervor, Lord, to seek thee and to, to get to know thee in a more intimate way. Lord, we pray for your spirit to be present among them, Lord, this whole week, and for all the others, Lord, that are uh, not present with us today or, or not going there, Lord. We pray for your comfort in their places, Lord, for the many that even in, in our small circles, Lord, who are unable to come because of illness, and we, we pray that you'll be their comfort, Lord, and you'll be able to give them joy in spite of their loneliness, Lord. We pray all that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I would like to attempt, and I say attempt, to uh, read from Ephesians chapter 1 and meditate on Ephesians chapter 1 against my better knowledge. But for some time now, uh, I, I just feel like uh, that this is something that... Uh, it's just very important to me, and yet it's a very difficult passage, and so I'm not going to read uh, the entire chapter as we usually do, as, as a custom. Uh, I just want to go through it verse by verse, because uh, I, I have read it in, in many different versions of 
translations many, many times, and, and I'm still kind of struggling, as you probably will be able to tell. And I also know that others struggle with that as well. And yet I see so many wonderful things in there that kind of, uh, well, it, it, to, to tell you, uh, I, my, my first note on this was uh, back in, in, in May, uh, around Pentecost, and I was surprised that nobody in church mentioned anything about Pentecost. And that, to me, uh, it's one of the most important uh, uh, times of, in terms of traditions that we could have. In, back in, in, in uh, Switzerland, um, this was a, a three-day weekend. Uh, we would, uh, the young people of our churches would come together uh, in, in, a, in a camp, almost like, like uh, Eastern Camp, somewhere out in, 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 uh, in the area where, where we could gather, a, you know, maybe 100 to 150 people uh, in teens or early 20s, and uh, it, it would be a celebration of Pentecost, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit and the beginning of the church. And so we, we would normally go to Acts chapter 2 to look into that. Uh, and I was kind of dwelling on that. And I also did a, a Bible study now, pretty much starting back in May, and on and off for different reasons. And, and uh, over time, I came to Ephesians 1 that, that kind of struck me as essentially speaking to that. It, it's also... Interesting enough, as I was thinking of it this morning, it's, it's like the Eastern Camp team revives again. Because, well, let, let's, let's begin with, with verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Uh, and let's just go to verse 2. Grace be to you and peace from, our, from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the apostle is writing a letter to the Ephesians. And, and as, we, as we look at it, just at the first verse, and you know, I used to read through this first ch chapter in Ephesians, and, and uh, I thought it was a, a nice introduction to what comes the next, you know, four chapters, uh, five chapters in, in Ephesians, instructions of how Ephesians ought to live. It's a nice introduction. You always re read as an introduction. Well, uh, I learned in, in my Bible study that you have to go word by word and kind of look at it. He wouldn't write a, a whole, you know, all these verses here in in. in Chapter 1, uh, they had to write in parchment. It was, was very expensive, very difficult to do that. And then it had to be sent somewhere far away across the ocean. They had been very careful how many words they were going to uh, write. And, and then he wrote those letters, not just to the Ephesians. He knew those letters would be carried to the other churches that the Ephesians had started. Uh, we know in... in, in uh, in a letter to the, the uh, Colossians, he tells them, have them read that letter 
in Laodicea as well, which was a neighboring church also established by the Ephesians uh, you know, many years earlier, where the apostle never was. And so we know that he wrote these letters so that uh, people would, would actually understand uh, where he was from, because not, not everybody met him personally. However, the Ephesians, uh, of, but better than anyone, they knew the apostle Paul in person, because he was there three years. For three years he was in, in, in Ephesus. But then he, he, he writes them, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, they knew that he was an apostle, but by the will of God, by the will of God, why, why does he add this? Why would, isn't that superfluous? Or does he just add words, like a, you know, a paper you have to work in, uh, to, to do in high school? You just put in words. You know, that's what I used to do. You had to have put so many words in there, and so you can have to fill it out. I don't, th I don't think that's what he did here. He, by the will of God, he, he told the Ephesians and those that didn't know him personally, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, speaking to you because uh, I, I, this is my job, or, or I'm, I'm hired to do that, or because I, I, I get fame out of it. It's by order, by an order, and in the New Testament, it's, it's really different. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit more later on. But in, in the Old Testament, yeah, there were orders like we read this morning. Joshua got an order, and he could either do it or rebel, and then who knows what would have happened. That was the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there are no orders. There are no laws, per se. There, there, there is a, an invitation of receiving what God has offered, or you can just walk away from it and do nothing about it. And, and he tells them, I'm, I'm here by order. If I refuse to be the apostle, then no, you know, he knew what, what would happen. He would rebel against God. So he, he, he makes sure that they know that he is by order from God. He's telling what, what he's going to tell them in the next five chapters instructions of how they ought to live as as saints he's, he's talking about to the saints which are at ephesus and to the faithful in christ jesus talking about maybe the faithful is the same thing as, as saints no a question is a, when we read this in in king james and other, other translations don't use saints that you know they use believers or something like that or faithful uh same thing yeah we're 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 saints, those who have received the covenant of Jesus Christ are saints. Very simple. All those that he's writing this, this letter to in, in, in Ephesus, in the church of Ephesus, were, were the saints. That's what he's telling them. He's saying, and he's adding the faithful in Christ Jesus, probably all the churches, not, not the ones that are uh, necessarily in, in, in Ephesus, knowing that this is going to be spread all over. And, and he continues, Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, that's, it's a greetings, and he's using that quite often in his letters to, to the various uh, churches. Grace be to you, and, and peace from our God and Father. Well, 
that, that's uh, maybe not just the saying. What, what he really means there is, you know, it, it, the reason why you're there, and why, the reason why you're going to read this letter is because it's not because you're, you really wanted to. It's because of grace and mercy of God that has drawn you out of this pagan world that you were in. And now you have a purpose of life that's, that's totally different from the, the pagan world you were living in. And he call, that, that's really what he's, what he's telling them. He reminds them, again, that that they are saints, because every so often we have to be reminded that, that, we are, that we are now no longer the way we were born. We were born as creatures, human beings, yes, in the image of God, but also fallen as well. And then, by, by his mercy, by his grace, that he elaborates later on in, in, this, in this letter to the Ephesians, by, by his mercy, by his grace alone, we can receive and we can accept his covenant, meaning to be transformed in, in our nature from what we were as naturally born human beings into spiritual beings, or at least inducted into the process of becoming spiritual beings. And, and maybe fully or gradually in my case, and uh, otherwise I wouldn't be here anymore. It, it wouldn't be gradual. If it would be full, I, I wouldn't be here anymore, and true for everybody else most likely. It, it's a process that we get inducted into when we become believers. And so he, he's, he's reminding them that that's who you are. And I think that's, that's pretty much the, the essence of, of what, what this first chapter is all about, reminding them, no, you are now different people. You're no longer the way. And, and the risk is, as we go through each day, that you know, we're, we're bogged down by the, 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 the problems that, that come up you know, in many different ways. And we're confronted with things in, that they're earthly, that they're, they're just simply things that we, we have to confront, that we have to do. And all of a sudden, we start to focus on this, and we don't think of God who tells the Jews to walk seven times around or seven days around uh, Jericho until the, the walls fall down to, in order to conquer Jericho. Uh, no, we, we don't think that way. We think, how can I do this? And, and I forget that, no, I, I have to really look at this in, from a spiritual perspective. How do I, how do I integrate this in, in understanding in my spiritual life? Because that is really what, what's ultimately going to survive. Ultimately, that's the only thing what, what's going to survive when everything is said and done. And that's why, uh, you know, there's different ways why people become uh, believers. Uh, some, uh, and especially in the past, in the Eastern camp, it was heaven and hell was, was really the, 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 the picture that was drawn. And where do you want to be? You know, do you, in, in eternity, but you want to be in heaven or, or hell. And, and everybody obviously wants to be in, in heaven. Not that we really know exactly what it is, but we know hell is not 
very nice place to be. So, well, yeah, we, we, wanna, we don't want to be in hell. And, and so many sermons in, in Eastern Camp were, were, were done, you know, or done, were, were given to, to kind of project this. And some people are very impressed uh, on, on that. Oh, yeah, the, if that's the outcome, then, then I have to make an effort uh, to, to want to be in, in heaven. And uh, it, I don't think it has to be in exactly that way. Uh, my, my way of, of becoming a Christian was actually different. It, uh, yes, I, I understood there was heaven and, and hell. It's very clear when you, when you grow up in a, in a believer's household that that was clear to me. But that was not what, what kind of uh, 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 drove me to look for something else. It was the purpose of this life. What is the purpose of life? When everything is said and done, uh, all you have accomplished is, is worthless, really, because once you're in a grave, all of these things don't count anymore. Nobody's talking about it anymore. Maybe, to some bit extent, but mostly all that we have accomplished, even if it's awesome, great things, uh, nobody talks about it. Uh, it's forgotten. So what, why do we live? What's the purpose of life? That was one, one of my uh, reasons why to look for, for something that, that, would, that would present this life, something that has meaning, not only once I'm dead. No, does it have meaning right now? And I think the, the apostle is talking about this to the, to the Ephesians. Walk, walk in the spirit, meaning walk every day, make your steps as, as much as possible. It's impossible to do it in, in, in perfection, but as much as possible, walk it, during the day, it, it, trying to interpret the, the things that are in your life from a spiritual perspective, how it translates into something that's beyond just the, the, what's on earth, what, what's happening here. How does it translate into me making a connection with the supernatural? That, that's not, that's not uh, you know, uh, that when we go into uh, Acts 2, as, as you well know, in, in Acts 2, where, where the, the Holy Spirit came, and actually, well, well, why don't we just uh, go there? Because I, I wanted to, maybe in a different context, here, in, in verse 3, uh, I'm going I'm to refer to that. But uh, in, in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came uh, into the church and started the church on this one day, uh, which was Pentecost, and, and uh, so there were, there were all these people there, the, the, uh, all the 11 uh, apostles and then all the, all the other disciples, there were maybe 100 or so that, that were there, uh, and, uh, and maybe others that were just visiting there or, or just standing by and watching. And, and they say, and they, and they were, I'm reading in, in chapter 2, verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what means this? What meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. 
for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is what, the, what which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and in your sons and your daughters, and, and you shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and so on. So it, what happened there is the Holy Spirit came, and it, it was a supernatural event where the apostles were speaking about Jesus, his resurrection, and the grace that was now offered to everyone who would want to be a participant of that grace. And the, the, the people that were there, from, it says from what, seven different areas of different language groups were there, and they all could hear them, the Galileans speak in, in their own tongues. Now, I don't know if, if uh, they all were speaking Galilean, uh, or Hebrew, or, or Greek, and, with their Galilean accent, like I speak in a, in a Swiss accent, and, and but they all heard him in their own languages, totally different languages, uh, you know, Greek or or, or uh, Latin or whatever all the other languages were. They all heard it that way. I don't know if their ears were changed by God so they could hear it, or if actually they were speaking. Uh, all the different languages at the same time, which would make it like white noise, but they could hear it, they could hear it through. We don't know exactly how this happened, but this was not, this was a supernatural event, but not, not crazy as some people thought. They were not drunk. This was actually happening, and it's still happening today. God can, can reveal things to us that we would never, ever come up ourselves with. You know, last Sunday, uh, after, after lunch, uh, Brother Dave uh, was speaking, and, and uh, he was asking, at the end, he was asking uh, a, a question to, to all of us, and I think this is the way that we should have church, not, not, not like we do here. Uh, well, I don't know, I, I sh shouldn't say that, but, but I think th that interaction between the, the listeners and, and, and uh, the one that leads the conversation is really what the first church did right there when, when we started in, in Acts 2. Uh, Brother Dave was asking, uh, can you give an example of the Holy Spirit, uh, that, of experiencing the Holy Spirit in your life? And there were a number of, of, of answers uh, that, that we could exchange with one another. And I think we should ask that question to ourselves each and every day. Uh, because this is, this is rather than, than uh, working uh, on, on the here and the now, and trying, you know, we, we can have a lot of knowledge and we can have a lot of theology. Uh, so what? At the end of the day, this is not going to count. It's do we know him? The Apostle Paul, who wrote a good part of the New Testament, who, who suffered all kinds of things. You go to Philippians uh, chapter 2, where he tells how much he suffered for in, in his life as the Apostle to, to bring the gospel to, to, to the rest of the world. Uh, and, and then in chapter 3, 
He says, you know what? All of that stuff, no, I count it as, as worthless except for knowing him. Knowing God in relationship. That's what the most important was at the end of his, at the end of his life. And that should be the same for us. And so in, in uh, we have to come back to, to, uh, uh, to, to this uh, 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 chapter uh, again later on, but <clears throat> uh, starting, starting in verse 3. But it, it's really, that was so important to him that he also kind of reiterates this to, to the Ephesians. You know, that, that is really where, where it's at. He then gives them instructions in the next five chapters of, of how to uh, make sure that we don't get reabsorbed into the world. So once we, we, have, we make this connection, we, we have a song in a green book that we sing, I think it's 505, is, is that, that he touched me. Meaning, hopefully in camp, some people get touched. When the Holy Spirit comes, and some, like an Edison bulb goes up, and, and it's something supernatural that, that, that happens that we suddenly understand, yes, my thought or my thought, but God has, has a spirit that wants to be part of me as well. And later on at the, at the end of this chapter, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that more. And so going to, to uh, verse 3, he continues with, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, again, it's, it's, it's a lot of words there. It's hard to, to work through it. But blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. But when he says, blessed is King James, uh, uh, you know, we cannot bless God. God blesses us, really. It, 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 I don't think it kind of works the other way around, but it's just the word that's used in King James and in, in other um, translations. It's, it's probably, uh, you know, expressed differently, and it, I, I don't, didn't write it down what, what they are, but it's God. We, we worship the, because you have revealed that to us, and, and through, through Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. What does he mean with all spiritual blessings? Well, it means, it means something totally different uh, from what we commonly think about blessings. We think blessings about stuff in this life here, blessings in this life. Uh, yeah, and, and the, he's, he's praising God for the spiritual blessings in this life, but spiritual not earthly blessings. And I want to make, I want to make just a sidestep here to, uh, to understand this point a little bit. Uh, in the Old Testament, they were, they were living under the Abrahamic uh, covenant uh, or, or the, the Mosaic covenant, which is the same thing, uh, which was a covenant given by God, a promise to Abraham, and then, and then revealed to them on Pentecost, on the Jewish Pentecost, which is the same day, really, uh, where 
the, the law that the, Jew, the Jews rest celebrate Pentecost is the giving of the law on Mount Sinai was given to them, and it's a covenant that was given to them, and the, that covenant was a physical covenant. It, it, God says, if you follow those commandments, not just the Ten Commandments, if you follow my orders as I have outlined in, in all the laws that, Moses, that, that I gave to Moses, then I will give you the promised land. I will give you health. I'll, I'll promise you earthly blessings. We go to the new covenant, it's not earthly blessings. It's spiritual blessings. And it's, it's very important that we, that we understand that because I, I think some, some people think that, that it has, that it, accepting the covenant of Jesus Christ is going to bless us in some, or, or, or protect us in somehow from, you know, what happens on this earth. I don't think so at all. It, it doesn't, it's talking about spiritual, he's talking about spiritual blessings in, in, uh, in Ephesians. Uh, <clears throat> trying to, to uh, find the passage that, uh, I think it's in in, in, <clears throat> in Jeremiah. If I can find it. I think it's Jeremiah thirty-one. Uh, In Jeremiah 31, Behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, said the Lord. But this shall be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. He's not talking about necessarily Israel. He's talking about us, uh, Israel, us that were grafted into the promise of, of Israel. He's, he's talking about us that the law is now an inward law. It's a spiritual law that acts in us, in how we are to live. That yes, we, we still, God didn't change, the Ten Commandments still apply. And you go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and read it very carefully, and study it, you will find out that the, the Ten Commandments are nothing. Jesus takes the Ten Commandments and, and extrapolate uh, the, the, the whole thing to the point where there is no way we could possibly live up to it unless it's by grace and mercy that, that we have to admit probably every day, you know, I, 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 my thoughts, never mind my actions, forget the actions, my thoughts and my mind was not what, what Jesus says it has to be. And it needs to be redirected, revived, if you want. 
I, I kind of was, was shrinking back from the word, be, let's you know, be revived again, uh, revive us again. That almost has the implication of, uh, I was alive and now I'm not anymore. Well, it's true in the sense uh, we, we are on fire in, in, in the spirit when we become Christians first and we are baptized and, and we get going and, and, then, and then the world comes and, and, and uh, the next day comes and we are confronted with all kinds of stuff that uh, boxes down. And then, yes, then we need revival. And that's why we go to church camp. That's why we, we come to, to, uh, on Sunday together to revive each other uh, through the word and, and, and by, by just sharing with what, what uh, we experience during the week. That, that's the important part of a church. Uh, maybe later on that, well, I'm running out of time. I'm not even to, it takes maybe multiple sermons on, on this. Uh, that, those are the spiritual blessings he's talking about. This is so many verses. It goes on from four, from the, the verses four to, to uh, 14 are really uh, just uh, a confirmation of, of uh, what, what he is uh, telling them who they are or who they, 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 they were at one point and, and who they are. And they better not forget that they were transformed into spiritual people in, in a and get a hold of it each and every day anew. Because the devil will try to, to dissuade us from pursuing it and, and just start to working at, at, you know, when you read like Colossians, they were starting to work on, on, on traditions and things like that. And Dave, uh, Brother Dave, last week, uh, I think was, was, he mentioned something very interesting that, that he met a sister in, in a Mansfield church who, who thought, we're talking about idolatry, we're talking about idolatry uh, last, last Sunday. And, and she said to him that, well, her idolatry was the church, which, you know, that, that can be. Traditions in a church can be an idolatry. All of a sudden we, we focus in, or maybe our, our work, even if it's, if it's a good work, it can, become, it can become idolatry, and we have to, we have to be, uh, you know, aware of this, that, that uh, this can creep into, into our spiritual life, and we think it's actually something good, when it's something that we just, we want to focus on, that's why we need to come together uh, constantly and, and share, and, and maybe uh, speak to one another if, in order for us to keep on on a, on a straight line, so that we don't that we that we don't become legalistic, that we don't become uh, focused on on one specific area, but remind ourselves that it is important to to be spiritually minded. In you know, I'm I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of of uh, Colossians, what it says uh, in in chapter three, 
If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. You know, set our affections on things above, meaning uh, that the, the implication there is that, that if, if, we, if my affections are on what I accomplish, which quite often they are, which is really idolatry when I go there. And it's, it's much safer because when I do things that I have done for a long time, I'm pretty good at it. I think I'm pretty good at it. And, and it's safe, but it, it, it can lead to idolatry because I, I just go back to something that is not spiritual. And then it becomes a, at least a waste of time. You know, there's so much things we do that, that are not, not, they're not sins, they're not, by, by no means. But they're, at best, they're a waste of time. And we are only given so much time in this, in this life. Mine is, is going to run out pretty quick. And so, what, what do we do? Uh, realizing that, well, we, we have to become spiritual. And, and how do you become spiritual? And I, I can't, I, I was going to go to verse 14. It, time is running out, but how? Let's go back to the beginning. How, how do we become spiritual? This, how do we become saints? Is, is that a, a difficult thing? And, and you know, uh, no, it's not. It, it's just realizing that we're in this world that's going to be wrapped up and it's going to be burned up into nothing. Uh, in 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 2 Peter, Peter talks about this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt. The elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that therein shall be burned up. Everything will be gone. Our works, our efforts, you know, all that will be gone unless we have a connection with the Holy Spirit as often as we can. It's not, it's not going to be a constant. It, the, the devil will see to it. But as, as often as we can. And you have to make a beginning. How do you make a beginning? How do you become a saint? It, I, I think it's, it's a decision-making. And it's, it's not, no, you're not automatically. You are not automatically a saint. You have to become one. And it takes, it, it takes a step. To, to, to do it, and we go back to Acts. And, you know, on that day, you know, 3,000 got added. 3,000 became saints on one day. As Peter, the apostle Peter, was speaking a sermon, uh, <clears throat> telling them what they did. They killed Jesus Christ, he told them. Yes, they did, and so did I. We all killed Jesus Christ because God himself came and he was the blood sacrifice for us. It was goats and sheep for, for, the, for the Old Testament. It's Jesus Christ for us. We are responsible for his blood. I am responsible for his blood that he shed. And so what, what, is, my, what is my reaction? It should be the same as, as it was on, on Pentecost uh, so long ago. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts 
and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's, 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 that's our question. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's it. I mean, this is not a long procedure. It's not a process. He told them, Repent from what? From my selfishness of focusing on my earthly life and, and making a covenant with Jesus Christ. That's all he says. Be bapt and then be baptized. Well, what, what does that mean? Is, is, is the baptism going to save you? No, it, it's not. The, 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 the thief on the cross next to Jesus, he wasn't baptized. He, he, all he did is repent. And, and he received the Holy Spirit because he or the Holy Spirit allowed him to repent. That's how he received the Holy Spirit. It really, it's not fixed in one order. And he acknowledged he was a sinner to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said, you're going to be in heaven with me today. And so here Peter says to those, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the Holy Ghost. It's not if, or maybe, or if you do this or this or this. It has nothing to do with what we do. It's a question, do I want to be inducted into not a church like this one here or any other church, but do I want to be inducted as a Christian? And do I want to make this official? Do I want to be baptized? This is the same as a, a wedding wow. It, you, until death is part. This is what it is. You, you make it, you, it with, with a lot of witnesses, till death is part. You make that, you make that statement. And then it kind of prevents you from walking out of it just nearly willing. Because you make this promise. And you make this promise when you, when you get baptized. It's an official act. You have to make that induction. And Guess what? The promise is you will receive the Holy Spirit. Actually, actually, in, in uh, the way I remember it for a long time, it actually goes the other way around. The Holy Spirit comes to us and he tells us, you know what? You're not going to make it on your own. You, you, need, you need me. But you have to make it official. You have to make it official. And then I will come and indwell you. It's a promise. Amen.